Hello, my name is Dylan Arvella and welcome to another episode of the IPL Informer podcast. This week's show will be split up into two sections with the first section reviewing and previewing the first and second weekends of the final series. And the second being an interview with outgoing Coromel coach and incoming constant coach Rob Jernowski. But let's introduce the two guests for the first part of the show. The first being Illawarra Mercury scribe Josh Bartlett. You've been away from the show a little bit longer than usual because of other commitments, but I'm glad to have you back to discuss some local football. Good to be back, mate. Thank you. Sensational. And our other guest is Bulleye goalkeeper Ben McGuinness. You've been on past podcasts with me, but this is your first time on The Informer. So, so welcome. How are you? Hello, Dill. Thanks for having us, mate. Good to be here. Sensational. And unfortunately for you, Bulleye went down on the weekend and we'll discuss that game against Wollongong United a little bit later. But before we get on to the weekend's matches... Josh, you put together a few pieces in the last few days. The first I want to discuss is about Dan McGoldrick sticking with the Sharks. It's obviously a no-brainer. He's loving life at Ocean Park and clearly the club loves having him there. Seems like a perfect fit. And obviously, you know, they're, they're not just they like having him there and he likes being there, they've responded to him this year. Um, we've talked about it before, Dylan. They've been the surprise pack of the year. Uh, Winona and good on them. So... Uh, Dan's obviously doing good things and just, as you said, no-brainer to keep him on board for next year. All the discussions I have with Dan is about how much he just wants to coach and he's been given that responsibility of the Sharks just to coach. Um, the uh, Banksers deal with a lot of the other stuff and he's um, taking care of the coaching side and look, as things stand, he's doing a bloody good job at it as well. And also in the last few days, it came out that Peter Willis also recommitted to Tarawana yeah, and that came through, I think, on Saturday before their game, which is also pretty obvious. But it's striking that about half of the clubs in the competition will start next season with different coaches than what they had at the start of this season, which goes to points that I've also discussed on the show previously, that um, perhaps there's a bit more riding on this year than some people are willing to let on. But... Let's get into that now. So on Sunday, the IPL was cut from five to four with Albion Park knocking out Tarawana in a penalty shootout at a warm JJ Kelly Park. Brody Page opened the scoring for the Blueies before Joel Beatty equalised. Coincidentally, Joel's brother Marcus scored a hat-trick for the Wolves on Sunday as well. It was, But I think it was fair to say that the stars of the match were their respective goalkeepers, Adam Rodriguez for the Blueies and Nick Armand for the White Eagles. Both made a few great saves with the best of the afternoon coming from Armand probably 30 seconds or so before the equaliser in uh, the shootout. <laughs> there was 15 successful penalties and some really cracking penalties as well right into the top and bottom corners before Armand stopped Ben Learmonth's effort to send the White Eagles through to the next round. It... it Look, Josh, it was a titanic clash with neither side giving an inch. What did you pick up from those involved after the match? And also, you put together some of your thoughts from that match for your shootout column earlier in the week, uh, which I'll link in the show notes. So, yeah, what, what did you get out of that game? Yeah, I described it as the game of the year, and I don't think that's an exaggeration. Um, by the time I left the ground, it had almost been a three-hour affair. <laughs> like That's how long that game went. It was just an epic contest. And uh, as I penned uh, earlier in the week, for people to say that the IPL don't care 
talk to anyone on that ground. If there's ever a replay of that game somewhere, um, check it out because those guys gave 110%. I know it's a stereotype, but, mm. but Matty Naylor, I think you and I talked about yeah. it later that night. Matt Naylor, 38, running around like he's uh, 20 again. Like, uh, And he, he played for the whole 120 minutes and fully slotted his penalty <laughs> in the mm. shootout as well, of course. That's especially... Uh, look, I spoke to, to Cameron Morgan after the game. He was just uh, delighted, as you can imagine. You know, gave a lot of credit to Tarawana's youth. Um, yeah, they, they just, they were impressive. I thought it was hard again. Both teams had great passages. It was a great end-to-end game of football. It's exactly what fans want to watch. But Wills, he just mentioned he was, uh, look, he, uh, I guess he kind of accepted the fate. Um, you said that's that football, isn't it? So... He was delighted with his boys' effort from, from go to woe. Not just that game, this whole season. Um, but particularly coming into that game with our two of their best players, um, Doug McCurthy and Mitch Ferraro. Um, that, was, that was a gutsy effort. Tremendous. Yeah, it's worthwhile mentioning Matty Naylor. He was wearing the captain's armband in Ferraro's absence. And, uh, yeah, I, I saw both Zach and Ferraro uh, after the game, Mitch Ferraro and... Ferrara, rather. Um, and unfortunately for Mitch, it looks like it could be a long layoff. And Zach, it doesn't seem as bad, but still he's got to ma- uh, manage that. So best of luck for both. Hopefully they're out on the park at some point next season. But yeah, Tarawana, huge effort. Well, huge effort from both sides. It was one of the, obviously it went to penalty shootouts, but sometimes people can make an argument that teams should have won it before a penalty shootout, but both sides were so even. And if it wasn't for for great saves from both goalkeepers, like I mentioned, the Yaman shot before the equaliser, and even um, Rodriguez made a really, really good stop off a Brendan Fordham header late on, um, the game would have uh, gone either way there. So, cracking match, cracking atmosphere, pretty hot as well. So, hopefully it doesn't get too much hotter than that. But um, it was also the third match in a row that Alvin Park drew 1-1 after 90 minutes. But... Nonetheless, they're through to the next round where they will face Ben's Bulleye, who they played a fortnight ago in that game, obviously being 1-1, after Bulleye went down 3-2 to Wollongong United. Dylan Lewis scored a brace for Bulleye, but United were able to overhaul their rivals with goals from Billy Sovolos, Jeremy Flanagan, and Andre Diaz. Ben, it was always going to be a tough matchup. It always is against United. How do you think your side fared overall? And what are you going to be able to take out of that match heading into what you will hope is three weeks of sudden death football? Yeah, look, I think for us, it's probably a game of the first half an hour. We dominated pretty well. Dylan scored in probably the 20th minute, I think it was. Um, and then I just guess they just scored one of those scrappy goals just before half time off a corner. And I guess that sort of got them back in the match. So, you know, if you could have gone into the break. 1-0 up at half-time, I think it probably would have made a massive difference. So, uh, just moments in, in, in matches have been killing us this year. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed this week we can sort of stay switched on for the full 90 minutes. Um, I think that's going to sort of put us in pretty good stead this week and um, if we can, yeah, stay, you know, stay switched on for that entire 90, I think we're sort of going to put ourselves in a pretty good position to come away with the bickies this week, that's for sure. In the 11-round regular season, your side only lost one game all season. Obviously, the defeat on the weekend doubles that for the season. Do you feel there's enough in this side to win three games in a row? Oh, 100%. I think we've showed this year we've put a few teams to the sword. I think you know, we've scored 7-5-4, I think, in quite a few games this year. And 
I think, you know, if we can keep it tight at the defensive end, I think we can let the guys up top um, do what, you know, what, what they do best. And I think having Dylan Lewis back has been absolutely massive for us. And I think you know, he showed by scoring a couple of goals last Sunday that um, he's going to be a massive part of our, our front, front three or four moving forward over hopefully what's the next two or three weeks, I guess. You preempted my next question. Do you want to comment a bit more on Lewis's comeback? Four goals in five games, a brace against United. I believe it was a brace against Belimbi as well. After hardly any football in the previous probably 18 months or so, and at least against Albion Park, you can still see glimpses of the, glimpses of the link up with Ben McDonald, which are the only two cogs of that side, that Premiership winning side from a few years ago, and. That could be a really key attacking outlet for Bulloy in the uh, as they look to chase down Grand Final glory. Yeah, I think moving forward, Dill's going to be a massive part for us. Him and Benny up top. I know we missed Benny um, probably three or four weeks during the mid part of the season. That was absolutely massive for us. Um, now having that nine and ten combination back up the top end of the park for us, I think um, hopefully we can find their feet nice and early. It just makes a massive difference. Um, so it allows our, our guys in in behind to sort of get into the game a little bit more, I guess. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens on, on Sunday. It's a lethal attacking combo, McDonald and Lewis, uh, 12 goals between them. And they've probably missed the best part of 15 games between them as well. So they're ones to watch out for. And of course there's uh, Taku and Van Zoll as well to uh, lead the Bulleye attack. Let's move on to this weekend's matches, starting at Macedonia Park, where Winuna will be, uh, well, I guess the de facto home team, but uh, they're hosting Wollongong United. Well, they're not really hosting Wollongong United, but uh, I don't know what I'm rambling on about. Winuna v Wollongong United Sunday at 3pm. It's meant to be wet and miserable conditions over the weekend, which will be a factor in both matches. Winuna, of course, had the week off and will welcome back Tyler Brown Fuller and Jai Mellor back into the fold after they were rested for the round 11 win over South Coast United. Wollongong United now have a win under their belt after that final round disappointment and they will, will welcome back Mason Versi back from suspension. And it'll be interesting to see if he goes right back into the starting fold. It's a compelling match. I, I think Wanuna will still be gunning for success even though they've wrapped up they wrapped up the league championship because there's pretty much that whole squad is new to IPL senior IPL finals football. So they'll be gunning to really impress in these final series. You're a former Shark, Ben. How do you think they're going to go um, in what will be a really tough, tough test? Well, I think the one thing when you play against Wunder, and I've been down there and played you know, down, down Shark Park before, and I think just the fighting spirit is always there. Um, it's The game's never over until the full-time whistle goes, and I think that's what you can expect from the Sharks on, on our Sunday. I don't, think it, I don't think it matters how much possession United have. Um, I think they're going to find it hard to break Wununa down, and I think you can see by their defensive record this year that just sheer grit alone can win your football matches, and that's what they've brought to the league this year, and I think that's going to sort of hold them in pretty good stead against United at Macedonia Park on Sunday, that's for sure. As you mentioned, eight goals against this this season, in the regular season, that is, which is six less than the next best in Tarawana and Wollongong United, and still nine in goals four is still a decent 
return when you consider that defence. Um, I recall the round three match, which United beat Wununa 1-0 in a really back-to-the-walls performance. The question is if Wununa can really take the next step here. Who do you think uh, will book their place in the grand final on Sunday, Josh? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I'm leaning towards United based on they've got more finals experience. Um, they've shown both the, the Frat and the Bampton Cup, they can turn up in pretty big games, can't they? So, um, having said that, we've all, I think we've all, uh, we'll, we'll all admit, we've underestimated. Wanuna We're still riding them off. We're still riding them off. <laughs> always made us look silly. So, yeah. <laughs> um, look, I, I'm thinking United in a low-scoring game, but uh, who knows, mate, really. But give us a tip, Ben. Who goes through? Uh, I'll go 90 minutes, one all. Brendan Patman to pop up in the 120th minute, 2-1. Oh, that'd be quite a story. Look, I'm tipping United to go through. They want a bit of revenge for missing out on the league title. So, tipping them here. But as you can tell from the three of us, we all think it'll be a pretty close game and a really interesting tussle. But we'll move on to the match involving yourself, Ben, which is at Wetherill Park, Paul Kembler's Wetherill Park. Bulleye against Albion Park kicks off on Sunday at 3pm as well. Bulleye will be out without Aaron Baker due to a double yellow on the weekend. Uh, I imagine Jack Harris, who came back into the side, will move in a bit to the centre of defence and probably, potentially, Blake Hewson starting at fullback. Bulleye drew with Albion Park just two weeks ago. Ben, what do your side need to do to bounce back from last week as well as go one step further against Albion Park, who... Where I think it's fair to say the game against Albion Park was a bit of a bit of an odd one because the result that that draw probably was a result that both sides would have been comfortable with. Yeah, it's probably one of the strangest games of football I've ever played in, really, for a local Premier League first grade game. I sort of felt there was no intensity there for that second half of the match. Both teams were kind of happy to sit back and soak up a little bit of pressure. But I think every time the ball went over the sideline, it took about thirty-five seconds for the ball to get back in into play. So, um, look, I think that was a 30-degree day down there. I think this week's going to be a little bit different. This is finals football now, and this is when it really matters. Um, so you don't know what's going to happen this week. Um, but I think on the defensive end, we need to really t- tighten up. I think if we can keep guys like Cameron Morgan, Joel, Joel Beatty time in hand, I think we can sort of let our guys up top do, do their thing. You know, So I think defensively, we need to really keep our shape and we really need to be switched on for the full 90. Mm. Can I just ask about the heat? Obviously, we mentioned it's meant to be pretty wet and cool on the weekend, but it was hot for the last couple of weekends. Is it uh, going to be a pretty major, pretty, pretty major factor if we do get another one of those hot games in the last few few weeks, or have uh, the players seemingly been able to cope with that? No, it's a strange one. I sort of haven't really played football in this temperature for quite a long time, to to be honest. And I pulled up from Sunday's game with blisters, with, with blood blisters on the bottom of feet, which I never do. So I've got no idea where, where they've come from. Some instruments got something to do with the heat. So um, yeah, some, some guys at, at training last night were definitely feeling it. We had quite mm. a light session last night. So I can imagine Albion Park as well, playing 120 minutes of solid finals football. I think they would definitely be feeling it, feeling it as well. So um, I think recovery this week's one of the going to be one of the, the major factors that probably, probably determines what happens on, on Sunday. So yeah, fingers crossed we can get a little bit of rain and bit of cooler weather. Mm, that, that could be a fair assessment, especially if this game goes 
to 120 minutes back-to-back two hours of football would be, you know, a pretty rough, rough deal for the White Eagles, who are undefeated in eight matches, as are Wanuna. So they have plenty of form. But Josh, who do you see getting it done here? Yeah, good question, mate. Um, It's funny, I look at your your boys, Ben. I feel like Bulleye have almost flown under the radar this year. Everyone's talked about, you know, Winona, the race between Winona and United. Everyone's talked about Tarawana and Albion Park doing well to make the finals last round. But I feel like you guys have flown under the radar. So um, I think I think what you just mentioned will be a factor. That that big game last week in that searing heat, I think that will take a lot out of uh, the White Eagles. And I'm also glad you mentioned Joel Beattie. I thought he was most impressive uh, for, for Albion Park last week. Um, we all know what Cameron Morgan can do, but I thought Joel Beattie was... Look threatening all day. Um, I'm going to go with Bulleye. Um, probably in another one. Low scoring game, maybe one or two, two one or one nil, something like that. Um, yeah, I think I think your guys will get up, Ben. Joel Beattie is definitely one White Eagles player that won't mind another 120 minute game. He's got a <laughs> massive engine, as does uh, Cody Waymire in the middle of the park. They're two very energetic players. But I, in saying that, I am tipping this one to go to extra time. And I think in that scenario, I think Bulleye get get my tip. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be a pretty close one because realistically and obviously anyone that makes the finals usually has a chance of making uh, winning the whole thing. But I think the, all four teams at this stage would really back themselves to get the job done here. But uh, that takes us to the end of the review preview of the IPL. So, Josh, thank you for your time. Do you know where you'll be heading this weekend? Yeah, I think I'll be heading down to the Winona United game on Sunday. So uh, hopefully both grounds, there's not too much rain. Hopefully we get to see some good football. And uh, good luck on the weekend, Ben. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, Ben, best of luck on the weekend and appreciate your time and coming on. Thanks, boys. Cheers for having us. Now for a quick break before I am joined by Robert Janowski. Now we move on to the second part of the show where I'm joined by now former Coromel coach and incoming Coniston coach, Rob Janowski. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Dylan. You're at Rockdale on the weekend to watch Tomiki Wada and Bunri Kanazumi win the New South Wales MPL Championship with the Suns, both first came to Australia and had success with Coromel. And of course, Wollongong Wolves star Takeru Okada is in a similar boat. How's it feel to see these players who clearly come from good pedigree in Japan, go on to have higher success after coming, first stopping in at uh, Coromel? Yeah, um, firstly, I think I'm probably the closest thing they got to family here in Australia. So I've got a really good uh, relationship and rapport built up with those those players. Um, it's just pleasing to see uh, Takedo do what he did with the Wolves last year and even this year as well. So I think they've had another fantastic season. Um, it's just pleasing to see Tomoki and Bunri have a successful season with the in the IPL and um, move on, have success in uh, in the MPL one. Uh, yeah, just pleasing, mate. And they look to be enjoy, enjoying themselves as well with the smiles on their faces in the pictures I've seen. That's right. Yeah, it was the uh, the the Mastodon dancing was on, mate, and the and the musicians were on, and the coroners were flowing. Fair enough. Um, and uh, obviously, you've recently wrapped up three years at Memorial Park. We'll go into it in depth over the course of this interview, but how do you reflect on your time at the club? Uh, mate, it was um, three years of, of fantastic and great memories that, that will stick with me forever. 
um, and, and the lads that were there during that time with me and all the coaching staff. Um, yeah, last year was a very memorable season. Um, I was privileged to coach such a great bunch of lads um, and have the success on the field as well. It was just a cherry on the top. Um, and this year was pre-lockdown. We were um, took a very, very, very competitive squad and unfortunately uh, the COVID ruined everything for us and, um, and, and for everyone else, uh, except probably Wununa. Um, and congratulations to them. Um, but yeah, I mean, my... my my time at Coromel, uh, it's just fond memories, mate. That's, that's, that's what it is. The second season is the clear outlier in terms of highlights in your spell at Coromel. There were there were glimpses of promises promise in the first season, including making the Burpen Cup, but ultimately inconsistency sort of hampered your side. But what was probably the difference between that year and the following year in 2009 when the Rangers really became an IPL force, finishing third and obviously, yeah, going on to win the grand final? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair, that's a very true point there, you mate, Dill. Um, first season, I guess it was first year coaching there in the, uh, men's football. Um, and it was a transition stage for, for the club as well. A lot of players, a lot of player movement that came in and out of the out of the squad there. I think uh, Tim Wiley was the only one that survived the previous year's squad. Um, and there was a lot of young guys that came over from the Fury with me had an opportunity, um, and, they, and they did excellent, mate. It was just that consistency uh, that we look for in players week in, week out. It, it was just a difference. Um, and mm. look at those players today. They're all spread out around the league and they're all playing first-grade football. So um, second year was, yeah, we did have to find 16 players. Um, we had the nucleus of the squad there. There was a few additions there. Obviously, Takeda's friends, Tommy and Bundy, were massive additions to the squad. Um, and Vardalaya was uh, injury-free last season and um, as we all know he played a massive part in, in our success as well last year uh, I think yeah I just, I just think you know, a year under their belts in senior football with the guys like Zufa and Pender and Glanty and all those and the rest of them um, did a good deed the following year Let's talk about the grand final for a bit. Obviously, it was a bizarre game in the sense that you, you went behind really early on and then you managed to fight back through goals for through uh, Paul Guido and Van Alaya. What's your your strongest or some of your strongest memories from that grand final win? Yeah, um, we're sitting at the um, at the brewery there pre, pre-game and we're having our own juices and waters and whatnot. And I saw Nicky Lowe. I think I turned to Demasi or Billy and just said, oh, we're flabbergasted. Um, he had a bit of a nervous look. Um, but in saying that, you know, Nicky did made a bit of an error in the first 20, 30 seconds. But I'll, I'll tell you what, he was my man of the match after that. Because the way for you to turn that round mentally as a goalkeeper as well, he was outstanding. He, he got into that game further and further and he played a massive part and he was my man of the match for that grand final. Um, that was just one one little story there in, in, in the build-up of the game. And, um, uh, yeah, just, I wasn't celebrating the goals. And I thought, you know, after that goal, there was still 90 minutes left to play a football. And um, we really controlled that whole game, in my eyes. Um, our centre-backs did what they had to do. It was just dealing with those long balls and pick up the seconds and off we go. And we did that really well. And... Um, yeah, uh, I was a, 
it was a fantastic day, mate. It was just, yeah, it was probably one of the highlight of my coaching career, hands down. Uh, and, and that friendship you build with, uh, with, with that squad of players will, you know, will last forever. And we're still in that same group chat from a couple of years ago. A lot of the boys are still chatting in there. Uh, so it's cool. It's, uh, yeah, it's really cool, you know, part of that night, Mad Monday. So, fond memories, mate. Where did, um, and obviously you moved on to this year, which you alluded to a, a tiny bit already, but things fell away for Coromore in terms of the sides was out of the finals hunt with a couple of rounds to go. Obviously, there was, you lost Tomoki and Bunnery. The two uh, Japanese players that you bought in had to go back due to the COVID. Uh, Alvin's injuries, uh, Van Alaya's injuries, there was a lot of mitigating circumstances. Um, but how do you reflect on on this season? Yeah. Um, look, in my eyes, it's not a planned squad I had after lockdown. I prepared my squad in October, November, December uh, to a T in each pretty cool position. Um, Pre-lockdown, we were unstoppable. Uh, we're touching up MPL2 teams. Canberra teams, um, we lost one game in the whole preseason. It was a last kick of the game against Wollong United and I thought we thoroughly deserved to win that one as well. And um, a super fit team. And I think uh, Coral Moore, I truly believe, was on the verge of um, building a dynasty for the next three, four years. Um, and, you know, COVID happened. And, um, in saying that, it gave us a really good opportunity. So we went down that path of saying, okay, we're not going to be recruiting known so-called players. We're going to give the young guys a go or the inexperienced guys uh, from Resis. So our Resis suffered, unfortunately. Uh, but big plus to the guys coming in, six, seven of those guys coming to the squad. And, um, you know, I, th- I thought it was the best thing we did because I saw three, four players there that are, I believe, ready to play IPL first grade men's football. And now, in hindsight, do you look back at your time at Memorial Park? Is there any regrets from your spell there? No, definitely no regrets. It's, um, I, I guess, the biggest, well, a couple of big things that were down on that was the COVID. And um, I've got no regrets there, mate. Just maybe a little bit with me leaving, that decision with I to make to leave. Um, there's a key figure there that said he's not going to be there for the next year or, or two and so that played a, a big part in my decision and I just felt that, honestly, my opinion of it is that I felt that the club didn't do enough to keep us there. And um, But in saying that, mate, I've built lifelong membership, uh, lifelong friendships with people there that no one will take that away from us and, you know, um, I'm not going to be losing friends over football, mate. And, you know, I've still got a photo of that Rangers team in my lounge room and... Um, um, no regrets there, mate. Just just fond memories, yeah. And what led to the decision to join Coniston? Um, and with that, what are your initial aims for your first year at JJ Kelly Park? Yeah, when Cono um, came knocking on the door, it was obviously um, an easy one for me to really think about. It was one place that... Uh, that I always wanted to go back to in some capacity and I'm fortunate enough to go back there as head coach. And um, I just wanted to make it work and we made it work. And um, 
I was at Conno Junior as well. I played a lot of years at Conno. Uh, it's a club that I hold very close to my heart um, and the history of it. And um, absolutely buzzing. And, you know, Billy's coming across as well and the rest of the coaching staff as well. But Billy played there for a long time as well. Um, it was a no-brainer for us to join Conno. And year one, is it, uh, are you aiming for a top five finish? Yeah, I, I guess everyone aims uh, for a top five finish. Um, just with the expectations that I've got and the players that I've signed already, um, their expectations will be the top five finish. So we'll be fighting towards that. Absolutely, 100%. I'll be disappointed if we don't make the top five. Anything can happen in football, but that's just our goal. And you mentioned signings there. Do you have any off that you're able to uh, put out into the public domain? Yeah, it's, it's no big secret. Those who know, know anyway. Um, so, um, signed some massive signings in my eyes. Lucas Sturge has come across. Um, he's, he's, in my eyes, one of the best players in the league. I don't think it gets mentioned enough in, in a lot of other media things you guys put out there. Um, uh, Sammy Matthews signed for Pencil Paper and Cono and uh, Melando, Jake Melando is coming across. Uh, it's a big signing for Kono and Jason Zufich is uh, put pencil paper and there's um, we, we've given a young kid. Uh, I mentioned to you earlier on about giving these uh, young young guys a go in, in, in lockdown uh, after lockdown, and there was three kids there that stood up and I feel that they're ready for the next stage. And that's one of them is Caden Harrison. He came out from Tarawana. Uh, I think potentially he's got uh, in a couple of years' time could be one of the better keepers in the league. Um, so he's, he's going to have a fantastic opportunity next year. Um, and uh, Nick Gosdanov's another one who's really done well week in, week out for me this season. And, um, he's coming in. Dylan Plaus, he's, 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 um, he's one to look out for next year as well. And just in saying that, uh, you know, we're, I'm going to a club where they've got a lot of, lot of quality young players there already. And um, I, I guess... They're the most important signings for me um, than the guys I brought over because without those guys there, there won't be anything there. So they're the bread and butter there for us. Um, it's no big secret that, you know, I, I had six, seven guys that are coaching the youth levels in the grand final squad last year. Uh, we're known to give um, young guys a go and we still love to work in that model and Connor fits that model. They're, um, they're a club that want to promote young kids and, Nothing makes me more happy a deal than I want to see a young kid on that team sheet on the weekend. And um, it, it's, it's coming together. It's coming together. So it's good to be get the chance to speak about your time at Coromel. And obviously next season at Coniston will be an interesting affair. But before I let you go, I want to get your tip on who wins the IPL this season from here with four teams remaining. Who wins the IPL this year? I'd, uh, it's, 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 it's a good one. To be fair, Wununa, well done. Congratulations, Dan and the boys there. I, I flicked Dan a text uh, that night and he was buzzing. Um, can they stay injury-free and hold that consistency? we yet to see. Um, Bulleye, I think they're very good on their day. It's another team, you know, with their consistency. Can they do what they do? Um, I really like what Albion Parker, what Gons and Peros are doing out there, mate. Um, just the situation they've been thrown into and the way they've dealt with it. I'm really happy for those guys. Um, I hope they go kick on and kick goals as well. Um, I think they've been playing without a fresh reserve for the last four or five weeks. Um, so it's, it's quite astonishing what they're doing, to be honest. Uh, I don't think they get enough credit for that. Um, then we've got Wollongong United, 
uh, we've got players there. They've got a squad there. Um, Tarawana has been kicked out, and um, um, who's going to win it? I'll say <laughs> White Eagles play Bulleye this week. I'm going to say the winner out of White Eagles and Bulleye are going to win the grand final. All right, be cool. It'd be an underdog story. That. All right, let that me was... ask you. Who do you think? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. Um, Look, I think whoever wins the other game wins the grand final. Whoever wins United. United wins the grand final. Will, um, yeah. Oh, you got a 50-50 chance, mate. One of them yeah. will win there. <laughs> but, uh, Get your bets. I, I think that um, United, if they can win this weekend, they'll really probably benefit from a week off after a, a tricky few weeks. But, uh, yeah, whoever wins that one wins it for me, and they'll probably have to stick with it now. But um, <laughs> we've come to the end of this week's show. So, Rob, thanks for taking the time to come on. Thanks, mate. Pleasure look always, mate. Cheers. Thanks again to Josh and Ben for joining us earlier. And thank you all for listening. Please go and like and follow the IPL Informer on Facebook and Twitter. That's all from me. And until next time, enjoy the football.